Hello all, and welcome to episode 30 of Geeks and Games. I'm Tiger, and as always, I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. Hello. Ah, it has been a while since our last full episode of Geeks and Games, because we did record an episode of Geeks and Films for Cars, but because of the way the distribution of that worked, it won't be able to be on Anchor and Spotify. So my idea is in the future, I'll just take... um. I'll just publish episodes on this podcast and I might rename it Geeks, Games, and Films. So once that does happen, I'll probably change the banner a little bit. So it'll be instead of like the blue background with the controller, it'll be like blue and red with a controller and a VHS tape, kind of like a mishmash of both, but also a little different. Um, I hope nobody will mind the change too much. It's just easiest for me as a podcast distributor and anchor makes things complicated needlessly. So it's the easiest way I can make everything work. Um, I, we, had our, we had talked about gaming news on the Geeks and Films podcast just because it had been so long and I didn't want it to pile up even more. So I guess the biggest thing that I would say that had happened from the last one was that ETH, uh, Nintendo made a direct and they announced that Chris Pratt is Mario and Jack Black is Bowser for the new Mario movie and that broke the internet. And it was, we're going to have to see that and then review it when it comes out on the show and have Pablo's back on. And then we can oh, yes. com- compare and contrast to the 90s one. Uh, I've heard- hopefully, they've, hopefully they've learned from some of their mistakes. <laughs> yes, let's hope. Moving on to other bits of news, there are, I've heard rumors out there that Nintendo Switch Online may still add Game Boy games even after the whole uh, reveal for Nintendo 64 and uh, Sega Genesis games. I'm so excited for those to come. Even if it is behind an extra paywall, it probably won't be too much since the base one is only 20 bucks a year. It shouldn't be that much more inconvenient. Um, Nintendo 64 celebrated its 25th anniversary of being released in the States on September 29th. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania released just yesterday as of this recording, October 1st. And by the time this episode comes out, you will probably hear of the final Super Smash Bros. Fighter. It will be in a direct presented by uh, Mr. Sakurai himself. I'm not going to react to it because it's too early in the morning for me. And yeah, I, I have my limits. The only things I'll be doing live reactions to are just the main Nintendo Directs. And that is it for news. But like I like I had said earlier, check out our episode of Cars on Geeks and Films if you have missed us terribly and want a little bit more. And it is possible that to make things easier, we may release it as a bonus episode on this show if there's another gap between episodes at some point. So today is going to be a special topic where we're going to talk about two um, console handhelds. So we're going to be needing the years in gaming for that. Take it away, Yoshimitsu. So this year in gaming is uh, 2011. Uh, started off in January 18th with Little Big Planet 2. Uh, February 26th, the 3DS was released, but not in the US, uh, until March 27th. And uh, Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask was released, but not in the US until October 28th of the following year. June 13th, We Play Motion uh, came out. 
July 14th, Star Fox 64 3D was released, but not in the US until September 9th. July 21st, Rhythm Heaven Fever Wii was released, but not in the US until February 13th of the following year. August 4th, Kirby Mass Attack was released on the DS, but not in the US until September 19th. August 16th, Ready Player One was released. The book, um, not the movie. Okay, the book. I was kidding. I'm like, mm. They made a game out of it, too. Uh, October 5th, Pushmo was released, uh, but not in the US until December 8th. October 13th, Skylander Sparrow's Adventure was released, but not in the US until three days later. October 24th, Return to Dreamland Wii was released. Uh, November 3rd, Super Mario 3D Land was released, but not in the US until 13th. November 15th, Rayman Origins was released. November 18th, Skyward Sword was released, but not in the US until two days later. December 1st, Mario Kart 7 was released, but not in the US until four days later. And December 17th, the PS Vita was launched, but not in the US until February 5th of the following year. Okay, there's a, there's quite a bit of stuff here, but even then, I've gone back and recently I've been doing some edits to games that we've missed. And for the ones that we've missed in previous years that I hadn't corrected, we're going to go back through that for, uh, for when we do the season finale. Right, so some games that deserve some shoutouts. That uh, so I had sent this as a big draft to Yoshimitsu in the early days of the podcast, this giant list, and now I just keep it and edit in the ones that I had found out later. So February fifteenth, Marvel versus Capcom three: Fate of Two Worlds came out. April twelfth, Patapon three. Patapon was a series that started on the PlayStation Portable, and this is of course the third entry. May sixteenth, Terraria released. May 17th, The Witcher 2, Assassins of Kings. This series of games was actually based on a, a Polish novel series, and it turns out the uh, there's like the author does not like video games, but he does think the games are pretty good, even if he doesn't like games in general. His name is Andrzej Stopkowski or something. Uh, June 10th, Duke Nukem Forever released. But it didn't come to the U.S. until the 14th. This game was in development hell for years. By the time it came out, people that had really wanted it had kind of outgrown the humor that the series was famous for. So the game was not that good upon release. July 31st, The Stanley Parable came out. It releases as a Half-Life 2 mod before releasing by itself on October 17th, 2013. We discussed this game on the first time we had Pablos on as a guest. The same day as Kirby Mass Attack, Temple Run released on the iOS App Store. September 28th, The Binding of Isaac released. It is a pretty intense-looking dungeon crawler. October 18th, Batman Arkham City released. October 21st, Nintendo streamed their very first Nintendo Direct on YouTube. November 11th, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim released. I'm honestly surprised this wasn't on the first list when I made the initial edits. Same day as Rayman Origins, November 15th, we got Saints Row the Third and Assassin's Creed Revelations. And that is it for 2011, but of course we've got to celebrate uh, two special handhelds that had both released in 2011. So what we are going to talk about is, of course, the Nintendo 3DS and the Sony PlayStation Vita. So also, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than normal just because we're on kind of a time crunch, and this is going to be our first normal episode back, and the earlier episodes were kind of short. But All right, so 
the 3DS it sold 75,940,000 units. Its best-selling game was Mario Kart 7. Regarded as its best game is Ocarina of Time 3D. Makes sense since Metacritic gave Ocarina of Time the original a 99 out of 100. The worst game regarded by critics is Tenkai Knights 3D. And the rarest game of all time is, get this, Barbie Groom and Glam Pups. I do believe this released on other systems if you're really that curious. Um, I had heard that one of the rarer games for this system was Dragon Quest VIII Journey of the Cursed King, which was a PlayStation 2 port, but my library has a copy, so it must have, it must only be rare now, and hopefully uh, you can still buy it digitally, so it's not that much of a, an inconvenience. Well, until they shut down the 3DS shop, that is. And the last game released for it, um, I think it has yet to release, but it's uh, Androdunos 2. I think... it's a shooter to a game for the neo geo systems i like i said i don't know if it's released yet but it's it it, 2021 is when it release is released or i don't know it came out if it came out today even one of my personal favorite games for the system that i wanted to give an honorable mention to is probably one of my favorites that i've played for the system is uh mario uh yeah i'm sorry ultimate nes remix because it takes some of the the NES remake games that were available on the Wii U, and then they mishmashed us as sort of a best of compilation and make it ultimate NES remix. And it's fun because you get to play like versions of NES games that have been altered or modified. So you play as Link and Mario, or Mar- you have to play Mario backwards, or you have to play Mario faster, or you have to acquire a certain goal in a certain game. Or there's even this bonus game called Speed Mario Bros, where you play the uh entirety of the original super mario bros but much faster some other no- notable games and boy howdy there's quite a bit uh, i didn't i wanted to be as complete and thorough as possible so first off of course mario got a couple of entries with super mario 3d land being the headlining 3d mario game you can only move in eight directions and it is of course a uh, a prequel to super mario 3d world then there was this. Uh, there was also a new Super Mario Brothers two, a sequel to the beloved DS game. Sadly, without the Mario and Luigi mode, that was in the first one where you could play co op. I played. I have fond memories of playing this once with Plague Vamp. Uh, there. I also really enjoy it, but probably because I didn't enjoy the. Uh, I didn't enjoy New Super Mario Bros. Wii that much. I personally thought it was kind of a. It was like a. It wasn't. Yeah, I might as well admit it. It was kind of difficult for me. <laughs> I don't know. The original New Super Mario Bros. on the DS, I enjoyed and had a fun time with. And uh, New Super Mario Bros. 2, I also really enjoyed. Probably a little bit more, but not much. And New Super Mario Bros. Wii, I just haven't, didn't enjoy that much. And New Super Mario Bros. U, I haven't played. Mario Kart, of course, got an entry in Mario Kart 7 with a really amazing Rainbow Road. It had a couple of weird characters. It had Honey Queen for Mario Galaxy and a Wiggler as characters, and not Waluigi. So I don't know why, but it's a kind of interesting Mario game. It's like a little more standard. It doesn't have too much that's like brand new and amazing, except for like the whole change your cart parts and you can glide and stuff. But then those were carried over to Mario Kart 8 and eventually 8 Deluxe. But still, I think Mario Kart 7 is a fun game and worth playing if you own a 3DS. Paper Mario Sticker Star, which 
people do not regard as good. I had played through the first level and couldn't quite figure out what I was doing. And then I decided, you know, I'll just stop playing it. One of my cousins, it does kind of enjoy this. So this game. So I thought I'd, I'd give an honorable mention to him. Mario Party got three entries, all of which were relatively mediocre. There was a Mario Party Star Rush, Mario Party Island Tour, and Mario Party The Top 100. Island, uh, Star Rush and Island Tour. I remember, I haven't played Star Rush, but I have played Island Tour. And Island Tour sort of like gave each course a certain special little gimmick. But because it's a handheld game, it wasn't as good. Mario Party DS was a little better, but I didn't enjoy it as much because that mini game where you have to fight against the piranha, giant piranha, I just could not figure out how to finish. Too, too many tries, and I didn't feel motivated to try yet again. And the Top 100 is a mini game collection of sorts. It collects 100 mini games from Mario Party games past. Does not bring back any classic boards, sadly, and it gives you one very small board, and all the characters move at the same time. This was around the time when Mario Party really wasn't that good. It definitely got better in Super Mario with Super Mario Party and hopefully even better with Mario Party Superstars, which is the same concept as Mario Party, the top 100, but it brings back classic Nintendo 64 boards. Also, I'm sorry if my audio sounds weird. There's some freezing on Yoshimitsu's side and it's kind of causing some interference on this meeting. So, uh, Mario and Luigi, the famous RPG series which started on the Game Boy Advance, definitely got some entries. There was Mario and Luigi Dream Team and a crossover with Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. There were also some remasters. So, there was Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions and Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus bowser's jr's journey so i've i did play a bit of superstar saga and i really enjoyed it i'd say objectively they're better but i haven't heard people talk about the remasters as much since they're i guess relatively obscure since they came out pretty late in the 3ds's life mario got a couple of sports games so there was mario tennis open which has a pretty fun mode where you can smack tennis balls against a wall with a racket but it's playing through the super mario bros i think I don't know how many levels it has, but it's pretty cool. Then Mario Golf World Tour, which I played, and I found it quite fun. I think it's like the first Mario Golf game I've played. I, I like the concepts in it. It's relatively standard, and it does what it sets out to do well. It's relatively fun. I don't know if Mario, Mario Golf Super Rush is better, but I'd have to play that first to figure it out. Um, Mario Sports Superstars, which also came out relatively late in the 3DS's lifespan. So it uh, brought back the character of Pink Gold Peach that, like I said, a YouTuber I watched named Nathaniel Bandy. He hates Pink Gold Peach because he finds her quite useless as a character. And it had horseback riding, which is a, a new Mario uh, sports game that hadn't been used before. And horse racing was relatively fun. The other sports I didn't find as enjoyable. Soccer was okay, I guess, but I mean, I haven't played any of the Mario Strikers games, so I need to try those to see if it's better there which it probably is. Um, there was also Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon was another game that released the second uh, Luigi's Mansion game. First Luigi's Mansion game in a long time. And speaking of the first Luigi's Mansion, it also received a port from the 3DS, also late in the console's lifespan. 
I have not played Dark Moon, but I have played the original Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube, and the controls are kind of funky for me, so I didn't enjoy it as much. Then there was also... Uh, there was also Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS. It and the Wii U version are kind of the same, but with differences in game modes. Uh, the trophies are a little bit different because the trophies in 3DS have more entries from the handheld games, and the and the Wii U one has more trophies from console games. If it was merged together as one mega game and then re-released on the Switch, that would be interesting, but because Ultimate exists, there's like no point. The spirits are cool, but I do like the designs of the trophies better. But because of how many spirits there are, it's understandable why they didn't bring the trophies over. Uh, I, I, I have played some of it, and I did enjoy my time with it. Not as much as Ultimate, but I did have some fun with it. Uh, moving on to the other games, Codename Steam. Now, this one's a weird one because you play as literary characters the main character is henry fleming from this novel called the red badge of courage i don't remember the other characters you can play but using amiibo you can play as fire emblem characters in this game and speaking of fire emblem there was fire emblem awakening which i think was the first big fire, fire emblem, emblem game in the west for a while anyway which i have not played uh, a launch game for the 3ds that was kind of like a tech demo since i feel like every Nintendo system has the launch with the game that's more or less a tech demo and it's not terribly enjoyable. I mean, unless you count Wii Sports because Wii, but Wii Sports is a tech demo, but it's still pretty fun. So Steel Diver is a game where you use the stylus on your screen to control a submarine. It's very slow paced, but I did kind of have some fun with it. Then the, the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D also released on this system as well as Ocarina of Time 3D, and they were remasters of the famed Nintendo 64 games, which I still have not played. In my defense, though, I am working my way through Link to the Past, so I am trying to get more into the Zelda games, and Link to the Past is pretty fun. And there's also The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, which was an exclusive 3DS entry, and Link can merge into walls to try to get past specific puzzles or to sneak past enemies i think i have not played this game but i've heard it is a spiritual successor slash sequel to link to the past which makes sense considering the name and then there was also a spinoff called triforce heroes which i've heard was not as good and it had a heavier emphasis on uh co-op play you play as red link blue link and green link and you're all stacked on top of each other and have to navigate Kirby definitely got a couple of interesting entries in this series. So there was Kirby Triple Deluxe and Kirby Planet Robobot. Planet Robobot, I've heard very good things about and still need to play, but I have not played a single Kirby game aside from uh, Adventure on the NES and Superstar on the Super Nintendo and some of Dreamforce too. But yeah, I have not played the Kirby games that far through, but I'll definitely play more of them. Strive to play more of these. Makes me feel unqualified to be hosting a video game podcast. Pokemon definitely got some entries in the series. Not as many as the DS, but still a few. The Pokemon X and Y. So I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but there were some rumors that there was going to be a Pokemon Z, which would star Zygamon or something, because there was a Pokemon TV show called Pokemon XYZ, and he was the Pokemon representing the Z. Another series of Pokemon games was Sun and Moon, which I've heard aren't as good, but they introduced the character of Incineroar that came into Smash Bros. Ultimate. 
Then there was Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire remasters of the Game Boy Advance games. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I don't know if they're harnessed remakes of Sun and Moon or sequels, but they seem a little pointless, especially since they came out pretty late in the, the 3DS's lifespan. Detective Pikachu, which was a Pokemon spinoff, it's mainly focused on talking to people and quick time events. So it seems interesting. Plus, they, they based a whole a full-on movie on it. And the movie, I did kind of enjoy. That would be something that I'd say would be worth reviewing on the show. Even though I haven't really played a Pokemon game to save my life. Uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. First Kid Icarus game since the Game Boy entry. And I have heard the controls are super funky. And the, Nintendo even made a specific stand for the 3DS when you played this game to help combat it. Uh, Chibi Robo had his first entry in a while with Ziplash, which is a famous running joke on Scott the Waz's channel. So the first uh, Chibi Robo game came to the GameCube. And then there was Chibi Robo uh, uh, Park Patrol, which was like a Walmart exclusive game for the DS. Chibi Robo, I think, Photo Finder, which was a DSi exclusive. And then we got this. It's not bad. It's just kind of mediocre. And the fact that there's ads in a game you already have to pay for is bad because you collect pieces of candy. Yeah, I mentioned this on the show before, but, you know, you collect Pocky Sticks and they say, oh, what delicious and amazing Pocky Sticks. And I did try Pocky Sticks recently, and they are pretty good. But are they worth touting a hundred times over on a game that you already had to pay a lot of money for? No, not at all. A couple of interesting new me-focused games. There was Metopia, which recently got remastered on the Switch, and I've played the Switch version, and I've had a lot of fun with it, especially with the built-in me uh, creator. That's a lot more detail. I made a lot of fun characters there. Then there was also Tomodachi Life, which has not been ported to the Switch, but I've heard some people have wanted. And it is a semi-sequel to Tomodachi Collection, which had an, uh, it was on the DS, but it did not come to America. Uh, Metroid got a couple of entries. There was Metroid Samus Returns, which was a remake of Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Game Boy. And then there was Metroid Prime Federation Force, which is like a co-op first-person shooter, which is seen as not good. Yeah. And then there is also another Nintendo 64 remaster, Star Fox 64 3D. I've heard good things about Star Fox 64, not as much about 64 3D. Square Enix released a couple of RPGs on this series. Uh, Square Enix released a couple of RPGs on this system. There was Bravely Default and a sequel, Bravely Second and Layer. And then there was also Bravely Default 2. So I don't know the order of playing these games, but Default 2 released on the Switch just this year. Uh, then there was Fire Emblem Awake, uh, as well as Fire Emblem Awakening. There was also Fire Emblem Fates, which I do not know anything about. I just wrote it down here and I don't remember why. <laughs> this is why you do podcasting research, folks. Don't be like Tiger. <laughs> uh, there was Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, which got a physical release in, I think, Europe, but it had released digital only in America. And I think it was like a collection of previous Rhythm Heaven games. I played the original he Rhythm Heaven on the DS, and it was really fun. I'm surprised how much I how much I enjoyed it. Uh, Scribble Knots Unmasked and Unleashed came to the system, but they had also released on the Wii U. Scribble Knots Unmasked has a lot of DC comic characters you can use at your disposal. The gameplay, I really wish it was better, and that the puzzles weren't super hard. 
uh, some people probably find them easy. Maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. But the fact that you have all these DC characters is amazing because like trying to test which ones work and which ones don't since I'm a really big comic fan. And those are all of the physical Nintendo 3DS games I have mentioned, but there are a couple of digital entries I wanted to give a shout out to. So there's a Nintendo Badge Arcade. It's a free game, but you can pay money to get badges to decorate your layout. It does give you like five free badges off the gate, and it's Super Mario Bros. themed badges, and I put those on my 3DS. Then there was Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, which is got famous because there was like a character in it that had zero Google search results, and then Nick Robinson made a video about it sort of making like an expose on like Nintendo, including this character and it just not getting attention. Mario and Donkey Kong minis on the move also released on here. And then there was another Mario and Donkey Kong game called Tipping Stars and which was released digital only, but also it came in a physical release that had just a download code on the Wii U and 3DS. Then I think there was also Mario versus Donkey Kong Amiibo Challenge. I can't remember if that was Wii U exclusive or not. But then there was also a Pushmo, which had also released a couple of entries on the Wii U. But in Europe, it's known as pull blocks. You pull blocks and, of course, push them to try to navigate up little like block shaped staircases. Then there was Dylan's Rolling Western, which is a pretty obscure game. But it sounds interesting. But from what I've heard, it's not that good. 3DS, of course, had a lot of interesting console revisions. There was a 3DS XL in 2012, the new Nintendo 3DS in 2014 in Japan and the US in 2015. Um, the marketing for this system actually had Mario wearing an outfit that had appeared in Mario Odyssey, but that marketing was only in Japan. And the new 3DS had a Super Nintendo Virtual Console since the original 3DS had, of course, the uh, um, NES, I think Genesis, no, a Sega Game Gear, Game Boy, and Game Boy Color games. I did buy Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins through that uh, system, and it's it's a pretty good game. But the Super Nintendo ones were only on 3DS. The, and there were also all the exclusive games for what I can name right here. There was Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, a port of Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii, but it was also released on the Switch. And sadly, I think the 3DS version does have some functionality that is exclusive to it. So if you own an original 3DS and not a new one, I'm very sorry. But hey, if you do own a Switch, at least you can still play it that way. Or a Wii, I guess, but it's kind of rare for the Wii. Then there's Binding of Isaac Rebirth, but it had also released on other systems, but it released on the new 3DS and not the regular 3DS, which is why it's mentioned here. Runbow Pocket, which I really want to try, but again, it also released on other systems too. Minecraft got an exclusive new 3DS port. And then there was also this game called War and Romance Visual Novel, which was a European exclusive. And then Dragon Fang Z, Ryusha Rose, to Toyad... Yadorigi no Mekyu, which was, I think, a Japan exclusive. The other 3DS revisions was the 2DS, which came out in 2013, the new 3DS XL in 2015, and the new 2DS XL in 2017. The 3DS also had the bundled with every version came the these AR cards, which you could use the camera to scan and unlock little games and content. The 2DS I bought didn't come with cards, so I didn't get to experience those. Then there was also Street Pass, which allowed you to connect with other users and some games heavily encouraged street pass but sadly it's probably not that worth using anymore since i don't think many people use a 3ds there was a accessory called the circle pad pro that released for people that complained about the lack of a second c-stick but the new 3ds models came with a very tiny c-stick just next to the four buttons 
Then there was also an NFC reader, which again was also built into the new 3DS, but it allowed you to scan Amiibo. Then there was this, uh, Nintendo had an ambassador program. So if you bought a 3DS when it cost $250, which in, within its initial launch before they made a big price drop because few people were buying it. If you did buy a 3DS at launch before they dropped the price, you could receive 10 free Game Boy Advance games and then 10 free NES games, I think. And then, at, but they did not bring Game Boy Advance games to the 3DS virtual console, which made a lot of people mad. And Club Nintendo had released some soundtracks for these games. I do like to talk about Club Nintendo exclusives. So there was a Link Between Worlds soundtrack, Ocarina of Time 3D soundtrack, Majora's Mask soundtrack, but not 3D in the title because I think it came out before Majora's Mask 3D release. Smash for 3DS and Wii U soundtrack, the Star Fox 64 3D soundtrack, Kirby Triple Deluxe soundtrack, Mario and Luigi RPG soundtrack, I think a mashup of just all the games, the Kid Icarus Uprising soundtrack, and the Fire Emblem Awakening soundtrack. There was also a Club Nintendo exclusive giant AR card. Uh, in Japan, uh, Excite Bots was an exclusive game. I think it had released for the Wii in the U.S., but I think this was just a th- um, not released on the 3DS, just a, n- a notable Club Nintendo game. Uh, there were also, through Club Nintendo, you could get Mario, Peach, and Toad exclusive 3DSs, a 3DS XL charging shell, a Legend of Zelda Nintendo 3DS XL pouch, Mario Kart 7 trophies, and a Majora's Mask 3D-themed messenger bag. Some themes for the Game Boy Advance of DS, I forgot to mention, was boxes for the Nintendo Game Boy Advance uh, Famicom of the Famicom 20th anniversary, like exclusive boxes, because Nintendo would re-release the Famicom games on Game Boy Advance with also exclusively retro style packaging. These boxes are really cool, but I mean, I probably I don't have access to them and they're very expensive online, so probably not worth it. So the Club Nintendo also had a Nintendo DS game card holder and stylus set. There were Mario, there was a Mario themed one and an Animal Crossing themed one, as well as some others. I think there were there were even some Lego themed ones. Uh, there was also a Game and Watch themed uh, Nintendo DS, a DS game card. Sorry about that. A DS game card case, a DS game rack. Not for the carts, but for the games itself. It had like bookends that looked like the Mario hat themed Club Nintendo logo. A DS Lite that was premium silver colored. And there was also black and rose colored versions. And a Professor Layton wallet. Then there was also Tomodachi Collection and Touch Generations games got their own soundtracks as well. Sorry that took so long, but we still have a bit to go. So there's the PlayStation Vita. It sold 16 million units. That's kind of a rough estimate, but still. Its best-selling game was Uncharted Golden Abyss. Its best game was Persona 4 Golden. And its worst game was Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified, at least regarded by critics. Its rarest game is Breach and Clear. And its last game was Ultra Mission Exclusive and another game called Russian Subway Dogs, which are both releasing later this year. Um, I do not have a favorite game for this system because I haven't played it at all. But Little Big Planet did get a port for it, and now move. Yeah, moving on into the games, Little Bla- Little Big Planet got a port little, called Little Big Planet Vita. Sadly, the server sh- shut down, so you can no longer make player created levels. Big sad. Little Deviance, which was a little mini game collection that was with the 3DS at launch. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale also came out on the Vita, but it had also released on the PS3. But I forgot to mention it when we talked about the PS3, so now's as good a time as any. 
and it's like Smash Bros, but you know, for PlayStation characters. And since PlayStation characters are coming into Smash Bros, it's kind of pointless now. But I mean, speaking of fighting games, recently there was there was this Nickelodeon fighting game that came out called Brawl Stars, and it's a lot of people are making fun of it because a lot of the characters are copying Smash Bros moves. Uh, there was also Gra- uh, Gravity Rush, which I've heard good things about. It came out on the PlayStation 4 in 2015, but yeah, I've heard good things about it, but I haven't played it. Soul Sacrifice Delta was designed by Keiji Inafune, who created Mega Man. Wipeout 2048, which is a racing game in the futuristic Wipeout series. Then there was also Persona 4 Golden and a rhythm game spinoff of that called Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Tearaway, which was made by the same people behind Little Big Planet Media Molecule. And then there was E's Memory of Celseta. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's a game in the E's RPG franchise. There was Monster Hunter Portable 3rd. I don't remember what the other two Monster Hunter Portable games were. Probably DS or PlayStation Portable entries. But then there was also... Uh, Tales of Heart R, which was a localization of a Nintendo DS game in the famous Tales series, you know, Tales of Symphonia, Tales of Vesperia, and other games like that. Killzone Mercenary was another game for this. It was an FPS. Army Core of Hell was another game for the system. It was a strategy game made by Square Enix. Then there was a Monkey Ball spinoff called Super Monkey Ball Banana Splits. You know, like Banana Blitz, now there's Banana Splits, which I think is even dumber it's, pro- it's a pretty dumb name, but I mean, I haven't played the game, so I'm not one. I'll try not to judge. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, which is a spinoff of Assassin's Creed 3, was also an exclusive to this system. And then there was, a, like I said earlier, Call of Duty Black Ops Classified was another exclusive. Uh, then Ridge Racer was another game for this system. It, it had released on previous PlayStation systems, but it's just called Ridge Racer. Is it a reboot? I don't know. Uh, the Jack and Daxter collection also released on the Vita, and it had also released on the PlayStation 3, but it's worth mentioning here since I didn't talk about it when I had talked about the PlayStation 3 earlier. Apparently, later in the system's life, Limited Run, which is also famous for making uh, ports of Nintendo Switch-only digital games, had made a lot of PlayStation Vita games. Like, they supported the system a lot in its later years. Uh, the PlayStation Vita Shop has PlayStation 1 and PlayStation Portable games. A, a game I've heard good things about that I think is also on the Switch is a game called Tales of from Space Mutant Blobs Attack. I tried to watch some videos on the PlayStation Vita to prepare, and this was a game that somebody was talking about that I'd heard good things about that I wanted to mention here. It's a 2D platformer. The original PlayStation Vita model came with its own charger, but the second one, known as the PS Vita 2000, used micro USB instead of needing its own proprietary charger. And sadly... Uh, the PlayStation Vita had memory cards that only it used instead of SD cards, so now they're pretty expensive if you want a lot of storage. But the PlayStation Vita is region-free, but you do have to, I think, change the settings, similar to how the Switch works. The PlayStation Vita also had a back touchscreen, and this thing called uh, there was this thing called PlayStation Near that let you send game recommendations and messages back and forth between you and other Vita owners, and even this thing called PlayStation Party that let you talk through a microphone with other Vita owners while playing different games. Kind of like a Discord, but built into the system. Uh, then there was, the, like I said, PlayStation Vita got a second version in the Vita 2000, which had an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen. I believe I talked about this on the episode where we had Nomadic Vagabond on. And the Vita also had remote play um, that let you play some games on the uh, 
on the PlayStation 4. I think the PlayStation 3 as well, but don't quote me on that. And then this thing called PlayStation TV, which if you plug it in through a play- PS4, it lets you play uh it lets you play Vita games that way. So I'm sorry for being relatively unprepared. I haven't played really many games from the PlayStation Vita, and I'm kind of trying to make a brief summary since we'll probably talk more about these games if we ever talk about their series more in detail on the show. Um, Like as always, yeah, sorry. Anyway, that wraps up this episode of Geeks and Games. Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me on LEGO Ideas as SpectreVamp with a capital S and V. Uh, also on Mecha Bricks as, Spec- as Spectre Vamp. I'm becoming more active on there, I think. Uh, I intend to build a few more robots. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your, your spoopy robot spider was on the, the site's homepage. So. Yeah, I was happy with that. That was uh, nice. I cheated on that quite a bit, I'll admit, but yeah. Um, and then uh, you can also find me on Discord as Spectre Vamp. Where can people find you online, Tiger? All right, so you can find me on Scratch as Woodstock 05. I just posted an amazing project where Rick Astley sings Bohemian Rhapsody, so please check that out. Uh, on Lego Ideas, I tried to post a, a Fantasia theme not on Bald Mountain set, but sadly, Lego wouldn't let me because of licensing, so I'm going to post another set and see if that makes it past it. Hopefully it will. Uh, also, please check out our Geeks and Games Discord server. Uh, all of these things will be linked in the description. So on the server, well, I'll, I'll usually post little Lego models and other things that I made, sometimes correlating to video games, sometimes not. Like I made a Lego memes project that kind of died out quickly. I should probably post a couple more there, but memes are so expansive, it's kind of hard to focus in on just one subject. Uh, and like as always, check out our other podcast, Geeks and Films. It, this will probably be the only time we'll post an episode through a different podcast, you know, just because of things. I made an announcement episode where I posted the link to it in the description. So please check it out there. Like I said, I'm also on Mecha Bricks. And no, I, I did not say that. But speaking of Yoshimitsu's Mecha Bricks, I also have a Mecha Bricks where I, uh, I'm posting some custom minifigures and I'm having some fun with that. And I might post some models in the future because there are some books that have Lego instructions for models that I had tried to do but didn't have the right pieces. So doing it through here will provide an amazing opportunity. Go check out Bricks, everyone. It's amazing. And as always, thank you for joining us for this episode of Geeks and Games. But before we go, I would like to say that the next episode, we are going to be talking about our top 10 scariest uh, video game music tracks in the Halloween spirit. So please check that out once it releases. And the next Geeks and Films episode will release will be about uh, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Toy Story of Terror combined. Because we wanted to do, again, another Halloween special. And any, as always, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Geeks and Games. I'm so sorry for if my brain sounds fried. It is just a... Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a long day and, you know, episodes sometimes just don't sound as good as others. But thank you for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.